Welcome to episode three of Wanderware Lost. Today we are talking about retro traveling and Costa Rica. I have an amazing woman with me today. She is my mommy. She brought me into this world. We travel together. We see new things together. She drags me to a lot of museums. All that kind of stuff. <laughs> so my mom, her name is Sherry. Sherry, how's it going today? Hey, good. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Of course. I'm glad to have you on. So over the weekend, you went camping. I did. It was awesome. I went with um, four other ladies. I was the youngest one in the group. At, wow. Well, we won't say at how old I am, but... Everyone else was 60 and above. One lady was 73, and we kayaked and camped and made special cocktails and just had a great time. That sounds like living the life. I know. It was really, really nice. It was great. And so I learned a lot about um, how to be a better camper. <laughs> your your Aunt Jan is a wonderful camper, and so I learned how to do dishes by the campfire, and so it was great. My tent worked out good. My cot was great, so it was a good, it was a good time. That's great. I'm yeah. glad you had such a great time, and I think it's also super important that, you know, women feel like they can go camping, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, sometimes we sit back and let people in our lives do things for us the whole time, and it's like we think we know how to do stuff, but... We just let them take care of the details or whatever else, you know, setting up the tent. And so it's good to get out there and do these things by yourself. It makes you feel like you can do um, anything for yourself that you need to. And then it's great to go with a group of ladies because then they're always there to help out too. I feel like it would be really empowering. And you feel like mm -hmm. a, a sense of accomplishment for doing it yourself. Yeah. Like I loaded my kayak by myself. I didn't have to have you know, Cody or anyone, or you helped me tie it down because I couldn't figure out how to work the latches. And so I had some practice before I left, but then when I was there, it was not, not hard. I got the tent up by myself, got the tent down by myself, Ooh. got it packed up by myself. So yeah, it was great. That's was amazing. Great. People should get out in the outdoors more often. Yes, I agree. I think it is beautiful, even in our own backyard mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we don't even realize it. Yeah, this was a great place. And, um, we have so many lakes around here, and our campsite was right down by the lake. I would say where it was, but I don't want to make it too hard to get campsites in the future. So <laughs> everybody out there, you have to find your own places. But, um, yeah, I, you, out of Truckee, there is just gorgeous places to go. Yeah. And yeah, this was definitely. on the way to Placerville. So, And travel tip. If you are going outside of the Tahoe area on a holiday – Everyone else is trying to come in, so I had no traffic going out on Labor Day. And then coming back, everybody was going home from Tahoe. So I had no traffic coming home. So <laughs> That's amazing. You know, when you live here, go out when, when the holidays come around. That's amazing. And that's a great tip, too, because I feel like everyone tries to go to Tahoe. Mm -hmm. And that was what was happening. All the people were coming up, and I was going down. Yeah. And then on 50, and then coming home, they were all coming away from South Shore, and I was going home. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that I love that. Good. And we went past that place. Do you remember Wright's Lake? I passed the road for Wright's Lake. I do, but why do I remember that? Because you picked that place out to go, and we went camping there, and we turned off the road, and we had the little trailer, and that was the road that said, 
Trailers not advised on this road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because that's near like Ice Lake or Ice, Ice House. House. I, mm-hmm, that's where yes. we went is up Ice House Road. I love Wright's Lake. I know. It's pretty cool. Well, this lake was even better. Okay. All right. Well, good to know. We won't disclose where, though. All right. So we do need to back up a minute, though, because it's time for Wandering Sips. It's Wandering Sips. It's the Sips. Wandering Sips the top. Wandering. Sipping while you're wandering. Wandering Sips. Yay. I've been looking at this for... Don't. Not yet. Not oh, yet. come on. She's getting ahead of herself, guys. She's starting to drink already. Slow down. All right. So, the drink we have tonight is a Guado Sour. Okay. It's a Guado Sour because the idea of today is talking about Costa Rica. We've both been there, and I thought the Pura Vida lifestyle was something we needed to bring to Wander Where Lost. Yes. So, Guado Sours have Guado, sugar, lime, tonic water, and a sprig of mint. Is it tonic water or club soda? It's tonic water. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I said club soda downstairs. Yes, you did. To me, they're somehow interchangeable, but I'm not sure why. Um, I don't know. I guess if you are in a pinch, you could, but it'll have a different flavor. I think club soda is more just like bubbly water. Okay. And tonic actually has... Um, is it the quinine? The quinine, quinine thing. thing. Yeah, whatever that cute. However thing you say in it. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, I got the right stuff then. Oh, Ooh. good. Okay. Yay me. Okay. So anyway, um, a Guado Sour is the national drink of Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I didn't realize I had while there, but I did. Oh, nice. Okay. So we'll see how the homemade version compares to it. Awesome. Um, okay. I'm not usually like a fan of this type of drink, but I've been digging like hard seltzers lately and this kind of reminds me of it well it's so hot and they're really refreshing yeah so So cheers mamacita cheers all right let's give it a go stir it up here okay i'm scared i watched you measure the alcohol (laughs) a good thing i'm not driving home (laughs) all right Ooh, that's really good Ooh, that is really good that's delicious Mm-hmm. I don't even taste the alcohol. No, this is a dangerous drink. Oh, man. <laughs> that is really nice. I love this. That fresh mint is so nice. Mm-hmm. Guys, I will post the recipe on um, the episode description and also on the podcast like information page at the blog, themountainyogi.com. That's MTN, abbreviated for mountain. So keep an eye out for that. But this is a winner. Yeah, this is really good. I love this. Yeah, it reminds me of a mojito Mm -hmm. in a way. It's got that same light, um, you know, not water. That's the wrong thing. But, you know, it's not like a syrupy, sweetie thing. Yeah. It's light. But it's got the lime, too. Yeah, I love this so much. Oof. This is like a new favorite. I'm actually, I normally for the um, Wandering Sip segment try to find little bottles of alcohol because I'm not a big alcohol drinker by itself. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have teeny bottles of Guado. So I had to get a bigger one and I'm glad I well, did. Well, too bad. Guess who'll be over here? <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Can you make me another Guado yes. Sour? It's Guado Sour time. <laughs> it's, you know, sometime in Costa Rica. So it's got to work here. Well, in addition to the Wandering Sip segment, I do like to always try to touch on the food of the country. Okay. Um, and I like to do that because we travel, well, 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 well. we plan our traveling <laughs> around food. 
So to me, talking about the food is like really exciting. Uh-huh. So the typical food that you see in Costa Rica, this is what most locals eat, is going to be your beans, your rice, and your fried plantains. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love fried plantains. I know. They are so good. I didn't realize how much I liked them. And you know what I really liked was it was the, the breakfast was really hearty. So you, you could have breakfast and then just almost skip and have an early dinner. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, and it was real food. It wasn't the American convenience breakfasts of pastries and you know, cereals that, like, you get in a hotel and fruit. This was a full, heavy course meal, but it was good. It It was was really good. It was full on. And uh, we we went to several places when we were there. Uh, We were there on our honeymoon, so it was a bit more luxurious than how we normally travel. But we booked mostly Airbnbs, and we do that because... As everyone here knows, like, I really like to experience life as it would be living there. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather book an Airbnb where someone normally lives Mm -hmm. and experience walking into the town or doing this, doing that type of thing. Right. We were a bit more luxurious with it this time around. We booked Airbnbs that seemed really nice and, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. So they weren't quite as touristy. Yeah, us too. But we did go to Monteverde. Which is in the cloud forest. Right. And it was gorgeous. It was one of our favorite spots. Part of the reason for that is because there were no mosquitoes. Ooh, nice. No bugs? No. Well, no, there were a lot of bugs, but there just weren't any mosquitoes. Did you have iguanas? Yes. Yeah. So we had a resident iguana at the Airbnb that we stayed at that sat on the fence. And we'd go out and, like, put fruit down very carefully on the rail and then back away. You're supposed to feed the iguanas. Well, I think he was the pet. He, he belonged to the owner, maybe. That's what we thought. Yeah, tell yourself that. Uh, maybe. But <laughs> I don't know. In the rainforest? Because this was at the beach. I didn't. So I didn't see any iguanas in Monteverde. I okay. only saw them in Tamarindo. That's where we were close by Tamarindo. You were so maybe, Flamingo? Maybe, it's, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. it's a beach thing. Yeah. But in Monteverde, we went to this restaurant. I don't even know if you could call it a restaurant. It was this little hole-in-the-wall place. It had no signage at all. Mm -hmm. And when we tried to ask about it, they didn't understand what we were trying to say. And the guy we were with, he was our horseback um, riding guide. And he spoke a little English, mostly Spanish. Kyle, my husband, speaks a little Spanish. So we were able to kind of talk to him and everything, which was really cool. But we were trying to ask him why they didn't have, like, signs out for this little restaurant because it was so good and it was your traditional lunch so the fried mm-hmm. plantains bean rice some cheese because uh-huh. they we don't eat meat so they put some cheese on there for us um and like lettuce and tomatoes nice and it was so 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 good and i could only eat like a quarter of it before i was full mm-hmm. and i hadn't eaten anything all day so i thought for sure i would eat all of it yeah but yeah. it was so filling did they have would it how do you handle that? And like you're, this was a small restaurant. You're in a foreign country. We're so used to as Americans, it's like, do you have a to go box? You know, <laughs> and you don't want to offend them either because as I remember the story, Kyle was saying that they were, it was kind of a very local owned place. You only went there if you were local. Exactly. So d- did you just leave you like the on your plate? Did you leave the food or Oh mom, you <laughs> underestimate Kyle's stomach. Oh, I forgot about Kyle. <laughs> yep, he would he would be able to finish it. My husband has a very large stomach. He is not overweight. 
So yes. if you're picturing, yes. hey, hey, <laughs> if you're picturing a fat guy, you're wrong. Um, he just, he has always been active, so he's pretty lean. Um, anyway, um, he finished my food for me. But okay. in a traditional sense, I know that in some place it is, places it is very rude to leave leftovers. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always very careful if I do. And if Kyle can't eat it, I will. And so I've, I'll stuff it in there and just, yeah. I don't know, go try to poop it out later or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that sort of brings up the idea, too, of, of maybe doing a little bit of research before you go to a foreign country. Because every culture has some different traditions. And you you want to make sure you don't offend the people that you're you're trying to you know, get to know or, or to be a part of. And you want to not fit in, but you don't want to be like that American stereotype. Oh, Oh, I hate the American stereotypes. Mm -hmm. When we were there, we, we did go to a really fancy five-star resort in La Fortuna. Mm -hmm. Um, It's uh, Tobacun is how they say it, I guess. And I apologize for my accent. It sucks. But Tobacon was very cool. It had uh, just beautiful hot springs, natural hot mm-hmm. springs. So you went and you were walking along this, like, it was basically like a river. Mm-hmm. And they just had sectioned off parts of the river for you to sit in. Oh, that sounds so cool. It was amazing. I want to go there. And as guests paying for one of their most expensive suites, we pretty much got to do whatever we wanted to do. Right. Which was great. But there were a lot of... Very spoiled Americans there mm-hmm. that were very loud and very rude mm-hmm. and just basically tr- tramped all over the place acting like they owned it. Oh, I hate that. And it was so embarrassing. Like, we weren't even with them. Uh-huh. And it was like, does does every country see us as Americans like this? Yeah. Yeah. Do they see us as our current government leader? <laughs> we won't go into that, but... Uh, yeah, I, mean, I know. It's very interesting. We? Let's, we got a little off subject. Yeah, That's okay. Did. That's okay. okay. But let's talk about you for a second because I want everyone to hear how amazing you are. And I say this because you've been traveling since like, how, like, how, when was your, fir- your first trip that you can like really remember? It could be in the United States, could be out of the United States. Um. Well, we did a lot of like traditional trips and stuff when I was growing up. I did a lot of camping and, um. My grandparents were really, looking back now, it was pretty crazy because they would take me all over the place. But And I thought I was going all these far and great places, and they were actually just day trips to local historical sites or, you know, like they'd take me to the rodeo or they took me to some of the missions in California or they would pack a picnic lunch and we would just take a drive and go have a picnic at like one of these roadside places. And as a kid growing up, I always thought that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I then when I was, you know, in my teenage years, I didn't do a whole lot of traveling, just getting through high school and all of that stuff. But then it was after that and before all of you kids that I went over to Europe and Two of my girlfriends and I bought Eurorail passes. And I was thinking about that today. You know, they were 90, I think this is right, they were $99 and 
and they were three months long, and you could travel anywhere within Europe that had a train system. Holy shit. $99? That was it. 99 bucks. And I remember it was super impressed on me that, you know, they had this... It was so different. I mean, we don't have that in the United States. I think we need that. Yeah. I'm thinking like Amtrak, right? But you get over there and there's just train station after train station. Oh, yeah. The Eurorail is insane. Mm-hmm. There, You can go anywhere. Yeah. As we found, we went across five different countries just by taking the Eurorail and we could have gone farther. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. I mean, they we went over and we bought that pass and we kind of started in Germany and... Um, we went to Copenhagen, mm-hmm. and we went to Paris. 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 The city of lights. <laughs> and, and that was, it was really interesting. I don't know why we were so naive, because it, in those days, we had no cell phones, no internet, no, you know, I mean, there were streets with phone booths on them, but we never even thought twice about traveling by ourselves or you know what are we going to do if this happens the only thing that we'd been told was wear your backpack on your front (laughs) so (laughs) so nobody can take stuff out of the back so we loaded up and I think one of the the craziest things we did is we arrived in Paris and it was dark and we didn't really know where we were gonna where we were going we were gonna stay in a in a hostel <clears throat> that is how you say it, right? Yeah, hostel. Okay, good. We were going to stay in one of those, and we had that, oh, we had that guidebook. Something like, you know, Frommer's Europe on $5 a day or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and because that's all we had. Maybe like 50 now. I, well, who knows? But so anyway, we had this this guidebook, and I remember we got out of the train station. And we're like, well, I don't know which way do you think we should go. And so we kind of started walking and, you know, we'd ask groups, random groups of people, do you know where this is? Do you know where that is? And we, we actually found the place and it was very strange because we didn't speak French and we didn't have Google Translator and the people there didn't speak much English, but we managed to get into our room and it was like a, a dorm room with 10 twin beds in it, you know, and they had like yeah. a, a shared bathroom and your typical hostel. Yeah. And then the next day we got up and we kind of wandered around and found a tour bus and got on the bus and looked at all the the historical buildings and the architecture. And I don't know why we were on the subway, but we were. And I remember the metro? we maybe like on the underground. Yeah, it was the underground the metro. And I remember we were walking down the street and this is the the total worst thing that ever happened to us, this guy bumped into me and I, and I was like, Oh, sorry, excuse me. And he started to run off because all of my stuff in my backpack fell out (laughs) and I had like a a slit in my backpack. Oh God. So he actually like knifed it and obviously nothing good fell out because I think I probably had like a hoodie stuffed in there. And so I don't even think my wallet really fell, but you know, other little things, makeup, lip balm, whatever. And so he took off running. That's terrifying. I know, but well, I don't know. We just didn't, we didn't think about it like you do these days. And I don't know why we didn't, whether it was because we didn't see all of the news that comes through on social media or 
Facebook or, you know, maybe the world wasn't quite so computer literate. And so things like that just didn't spread as fast. I really don't know what it was, but we, we had a really good time. So then after you kids came along, I didn't travel like that. And we were pretty frugal and we just did camping stuff. But yeah, I remember all the camping trips mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. But now that's the thing of the past. Yep. So it's time to move on and do more fun travels. We've done some things in the last couple of years. Yeah. So. We've gone to a couple places in the state side and we've got our London adventure slash Italy. Yay. Florence, Venice. We're coming for you. <laughs> March. I'm coming for the food. <laughs> I think we all are. Um, what struck me about what you were just saying was that not a lot of people, like you were in Paris, and not a lot of people spoke English. And I find that so crazy. I mean, there's a couple things about that whole story that I feel are just insane. They're just so different. Because you go now, everybody speaks English. You might find a few people mm -hmm. that don't. And it's probably because they're just like, ugh, American tourists. Mm-hmm. That was a horrible French accent. I don't, I'm not sure what accent that even was. I don't know. It sounded like a Rivaderche or something. I, maybe it was like Italian. I don't, I, don't know. Know. I don't know. Oops. Okay. But anyway, um, no one ever said that you would listen to this podcast for my accents. <laughs> anyway, I think that's really interesting because it's just so different now. You can go up to anyone and and say something in English. They'll understand you for the most part and they'll be able to help. Now, of course, the French being there in the past, I I've have found and listening to other people's stories, too, that trying to speak the language first always helps. Right. And I don't remember if we did. You know, I don't remember people being unkind. I just remember there being a bit of a language barrier. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because in the hostel that we were checking into, if the person on duty was just, you know, they just didn't have a grasp of any English or, and it was a long time ago. Well, yeah, of course. Memories <laughs> Who fade. knows? Yeah. It's one of the Who things knows? that you probably don't think of at all. But it was interesting in Costa Rica because most everyone spoke English. Mm -hmm. And I, I speak a little Spanish. And so I always tried to speak Spanish when we were in different places. One of the really cool things, kind of sidetracking, but... In Costa Rica, we traveled. We we went from kind of like what you did, only backwards. Okay. And so driving, we would stop at little grocery stores or things like that that were off the beaten path. And that's where maybe their English was more broken. But mm -hmm. they still, you could still get your point across. Right. We went to a very touristy town, uh, Tamarindo, on the beach, on mm -hmm. the Pacific side. I really want to go back and go to the Caribbean Me side. Me too. So we'll have to plan that. 2023. Mm -hmm. um, but the Pacific side was great. Now, because it's so easy to get there for the longest time, like it has been the easiest side to get to, you just want to go to the Caribbean side because the roads sucked so bad. Yeah. So I feel like the Pacific side is the touristy side. From what I've heard from people who've been to both, the Caribbean mm -hmm. side is way more local. And of course, you have your touristy towns, but it's not as much. Tamarindo was very geared towards tourists. Yeah, I mean, that's their big support in some of these places is that's what that pays the bills. And 100%. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't know how much money comes in annually for from tourists tourism. Whoa there. Back it up past Allie. Let's get some facts on that little number there. 
It's time for a segment called Numbers with Kyle, where my amazing husband, Kyle, agreed to come on and talk about, well, numbers. He majored in economics, is a research manager, enjoys long walks on the beach, sports, and podcasts about economics. Okay. I couldn't find any official numbers for just how much money uh, tourism brings into Costa Rica. But according to the Costa Rica Tourism Board, there were just over 3 million international visitors to Costa Rica in 2018. They also estimate that each tourist spends a little over $1,100 per person. So if we just multiply these two together, um, and this is a really simple estimate, it's not an official figure, but that comes out to about $3.3 billion uh, spent by tourists in Costa Rica. To put that number in perspective, with $3.3 billion, you could buy over 9,300 homes in Reno. You could buy nearly half the world a McChicken. Or you could probably buy literally any Major League Baseball team that you wanted, with the exception of the New York Yankees. So that's an es- a rough estimate of just how much money tourists bring into Costa Rica. Wow, that is a lot of McChickens. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Back to you, past Allie and Mamacita. Plus, there's a huge expat community of Americans and, uh, you know, Europeans and everything that live in that area just because of Costa Rica's beauty, their friendliness, and uh, their health care. They have mm-hmm. fantastic health care there at yeah. a fraction of the cost that we have. So you get a lot of um, expats that, that move there, and then that um, produces the, the trends of more not touristy but just more americanized yeah tamarindo was very americanized i would say monteverde wasn't as much Mm -hmm. um it was very very out there it took a lot i mean like as the crow flies it should have taken us an hour and a half Mm -hmm. to get there but you twist up these roads that are dirt Mm -hmm. and gravel and washed out Mm -hmm. and all of that and it took us like two and a half three hours Wow. To get from Tamarindo to Monteverde. Uh-huh. And um, one thing that is cool about Costa Rica is that it only takes like six and a half hours to get from the Caribbean side to the Pacific side. Right. So if you had some more time, you know, say you went for 14 days, two weeks, you know, mm-hmm. I could definitely do both. Like a week in the Caribbean side, a week in the Pacific side. I'd like to do the Caribbean because of the water. Yes. The water on the Caribbean side is supposed to be gorgeous yes that's what i've heard too plus the fish are prettier so like snorkeling would be more fun right yeah um i thought that tamarindo going back to that for just a second one thing that struck me in tamarindo was we had this one um waiter at a restaurant it was the green papaya it was really really good so if you're ever in tamarindo i do recommend that place five stars the service is outstanding. They have these cute little, like, swing chairs that you can sit on oh, outside. I remember the pictures you sent back of you mm-hmm. on the swing chair. Yeah. That's right. It was so good. And the food was so fresh. It was one of our first meals in Costa Rica. Uh-huh. Because we had, we flew in, and then that night stayed at an airport hotel. Uh-huh. Ate the breakfast there, which we've already established as meh, and then went to Tamarindo the next day. Uh-huh. And that's where we ate dinner. Nice. So it was so good. and the But with the waiter, the point of this whole thing was the waiter was so just nice and he wanted to learn more about us and we wanted to learn more about him, uh-huh. you know, and he had um, immigrated from Nicaragua. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
he came to Costa Rica when he was like four years old. Uh huh. And him and his family lived in San Jose, uh-huh. which is kind of a sketchy city to live in. Um, it's probably like any American city in some respects. You know, we have sketchy areas in Reno. Oh, yeah. Know, San Francisco. Pittsburgh. I, well, I shouldn't name cities. I don't know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, yeah every city is going to have a downside. I mean, know? for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fact that his mom and dad sent him to live with his aunt tells in you that, Tamarindo. Yeah. It's three hours away. It just right. kind of tells you that... It, Probably isn't the safest place. Exactly. So he moved to Tamarindo when he was 12, and he had been there ever since. And he was just so happy to be there. You know, we asked him if he was, like, trying to come to the United States, like, if that was, like, end goal type of thing. You know, and he was like, honestly, why would I move from a place that other people come to vacation? Right. Oh, that's a good logic. And I'm like, you know, dream life. Hashtag goals. I thought it was interesting because, um, well, you and I went to Mexico together, so you'll know what I'm talking about. And I remember we drove, we were looking to, to find a place to eat or something, I think. And we were driving around Tulum and ended up in some of the back skirts of it, you know, and it just, parts of it look so poverty stricken to us. Mm-hmm. And Costa Rica is has a different flavor than that. Things are not, like, they're not what we expect here, but they're clean and they're tidy for the most part. It, people seem to, to really care about what they had. So they might have this tiny little house, and it might not look like it was constructed super well, but on the porch there'd be flowers, and mm-hmm. the yard would be, you know, picked up, and it was... It, they took pride in their surroundings and their families. Oh, yeah. I would say the same, you know, I mean, driving through Costa Rica, since it was not my first time being in a third world right. country, I wasn't shocked like uh-huh. when we went to Mexico. But Kyle, the hubs, he was like blown away. And he felt so guilty uh-huh. as an American you know, almost, it, it came across to me as kind of feeling guilty. Maybe he didn't actually feel it. I don't want to put words in his mouth. But he, it seemed like he almost felt kind of guilty that we have so much. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were talking about my house, which Kyle and I bought last year. And, you know, is three bed, two and a half bath. And is a big space. I mean, we don't use all of rooms here. Right, right. And we kind of feel like it's a moderate house. Right. To right. us, like, it's moderate. It's not uh-huh. huge. It's not tiny, you know? Yeah. But to people in Costa Rica and Mexico, it, this house would be huge. Right. Right. And their whole families would live there. <laughs> yeah. They have a – it's a really unique culture when they they are not materialistic as much as what it feels like that we are. We're so driven to have that perfect house, that perfect car. Mm-hmm. Um they're much more family-centered. You know, the family comes first yeah. over everything else. And I think that they've been ranked like one of the most happiest countries. Uh, probably. I mean, I would be really shocked if they weren't because it's such an amazing place. 
And everyone that we met was so happy and so nice. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there's going to be days where they're not. Or there's going to be people who are just, they're just down on their luck type of people. Right, right. You know, but for the most part, everyone that we saw and met and talked to, they were just so, like, happy to help, happy to be there. Uh Uh-huh. They had, like, a chill day-to-day life. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah, you know, like, the, the waiter that we had, it seemed like he was just... Worked cool hours, chilled on the beach, uh-huh. you know, like, did all this kind of cool stuff and loved having the American tourists, loved learning English, you know. Uh-huh. It was really interesting. I really liked being there. And it felt really safe. It did. I thought the same thing, too. Even when we drove, um, you know, across country from uh, San Jose. Well, we went up from San Jose. We went to the volcano. La Fortuna. La Fortuna. Thank you. And then from there, we drove across to Playa Flamingo. And there were just, yeah, I mean, there you didn't see jeeps of police officers with AK-47s or <laughs> like they had in Honduras and like they had in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, you just didn't really see that. And when you went into a grocery little, like I remember going into a little grocery store and it felt like a... Sort of an American grocery store in an, in some respects. The people were in there doing their shopping just like we do. It had, you know, not as big displays and all the convenience food. It was, you know, fruits, vegetables, and some meat, and that's about it. But it was it was pretty cool. You know, I didn't think about that until you just said that. But when we did go grocery shopping in Monteverde, uh-huh. because we... We were lazy this trip. I mean, it was our honeymoon, so we're like, we can be lazy. This is fine. (laughs) Um, We didn't make a whole lot of food at the Airbnbs. We mainly bought stuff to kind of snack on or to eat for breakfast. Like, we bought some cereal. We bought some bread and cheese. That's, like, our go-to sort of little lunch if we're starving, but we're going to go eat soon. Right. Um, Right. So we went to the grocery store, and we were looking for things to buy. And I do remember looking and looking (laughs) On the aisles for something that would be, like, quick and easy to make. And they really don't have a lot of that there. Not in the little local places. Now, when I was there, and I'm pretty sure it was Tamarindo, but it could have been Playa Playa Flamingo. Um, They had an Americanized grocery store. I would imagine. And it was, and it seemed like half the people in there were Americans. uh, Or of some sort of European descent. And they had the the um, things that we were used to. Remember when we were in Tulum? Mm-hmm. Very we to similar. Well, there was the Walmart that we stopped on at the way down to stock up on stuff. And then there was the grocery store that was that they had just built. And it was, I don't know, maybe a couple miles from the place we stayed. Was it in Tulum? It was in Tulum. Mm-hmm. And it, it was very modern. It was so, it looked like ours. And you can almost get some of the same brands. Because I remember going, oh, look, they have this. Oh, they have that. <laughs> Kraft Mac and Cheese. Yay. Yeah. I I just, I did think it was interesting. I also, it took a really long time to find the cheese. <laughs> Do you remember if they had a bunch? I think that I don't. No, they didn't. No. Yeah. They it, had a very few select cheeses. I just remember being, seeing, you know, like they had all the the vegetables and stuff and then, uh, they, I remember we went to a farmer's market too, 
That's right, we did. And we stopped at this little local farmer's market and they had these huge mangoes and just all these different things that we mm -hmm. picked up. It was amazing. I will say like the fruit was absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. It was yep. so fresh. Yeah. And so good. What about bugs? Did you guys have a lot of bugs when you went? So <laughs> the first night in um, Tamarindo, we were at the green papaya and I had put bug spray on before we had left, but it, it had probably been a couple hours because we were trying to get our bearings. We we're walking around. We we're trying to figure out where we wanted to eat, you know. Um, so it had probably been a couple hours. And I tried really hard to use the all-natural bug spray. Oh, yeah. Go doTERRA. Yeah. Shield. Hashtag doTERRA. Hashtag doTERRA. So I did have the doTERRA Terra Shield. I also had bought this lavender bug repellent. Uh-huh. Um from like a huge lavender farm in Washington. And I had that with me, so I had both. So I'd put both on. And we were at the green papaya and I'm sitting there swinging and it was probably like, uh, no, it, get, it gets dark there early, I forgot about that. It gets dark by like 6.30. Mm -hmm. So it was probably like 4.35. I was swinging, we were kind of wrapping up and I started getting bites. And it, it hurt. They hurt. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, they were, like, all over my legs. By the time we got back to the Airbnb, I had, like, seven mosquito bites. Oh, no. From that one night. Ooh. So that happened. How many did Kyle have? Like, one. Yeah, they all went to you. Yeah. I know. I did read an article recently that said that mosquitoes can smell the type of blood you have, and they prefer O. And I am an O positive. Aha. Uh -huh. Now I know why you always got bit and I don't. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what I am, so. <laughs> Probably not an O. I don't think I'm an O. But did you, oh, the other thing with Costa Rica is the sunsets. People will literally stop what they're doing and walk to the beach to watch the sunset. Yeah, they were gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Absolutely sunsets. stunning. We were on the water for one of them. Mm -hmm. We both get very seasick. So uh, we, I know. I think you had a bad experience. I don't think you get seasick. I don't know. <laughs> that was really bad. I don't know if I can chance it again. We were on a small catamaran. Is mm -hmm. it a catamaran? Mm -hmm. um, the kind that has like two nets on in, at the top. Or a trimaran. One of the two. I think it's a catamaran. A moran of some kind. A moran. Um, but we were on that and it was a about a two-hour cruise out to this little bay where we jumped in the snorkeled. Uh-huh. And then about a two-hour cruise back, they fed you lunch, you know, and you watched the sunset as you cruise back. Great idea, right? Yeah, I loved mine. Oh, God. No, we were sitting there, and the entire time we're just like, are we going to throw up? Oh, God. Can we just, <laughs> we just need to sit here. And finally, after the snorkeling, I was like, I bet they have seasick pills. Let me ask. They did. It helped me a ton. I didn't feel like I was going to throw up, but Kyle still felt nauseous. Uh, um, we weren't able to eat the lunch, which was really sad. Oh, no. Because they had made it themselves. Yeah, they usually do a really good job on those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had a, a teeny bit. We shared, like, a small mm -hmm. plate, and it was very good. But, yeah, but that sunset was amazing. You know, it's funny. You talk about things that trigger memories. I, I hadn't thought about this forever, but many years and years decades ago when I went to Hawaii we went on a sunset cruise right mm -hmm. and it was it was awful because it was <laughs> it was like this big boat with several floors on it and it chugged out there and you saw the sunset and it chugged back in they didn't 
really give you anything to eat. And they gave you like tons and tons of watered down cocktails. And it was, I kind of thought, oh, okay, that's what these are like. And then when we went to Costa Rica, we did the same thing. We did that in Roatan too. We did a sunset cruise. And usually the local cruises, they, they're, it's owned by the people that um, own the boat, or at least it was in Roatan. Mm-hmm. And they just went all out. It was amazing. You know, yeah. good food, small number of people. It wasn't like a churn and burn, booze cruise yeah. kind of thing. Right. I think that it just kind of goes to the quality of work and pride in your work. Mm-hmm. And it speaks to the country a lot. Yeah, know? that's what I was thinking, too. Like, Hawaii was like, oh, yes. They'll go on there. Everybody will pay 20 bucks because they can drink as much as they want and come back intoxicated. And there you go. 20 bucks. Yeah. Well, oh, it was, this was a long day. time ago. <laughs> We're talking a long time ago. I was like, mine was 85. What mm. the hell? Oh, man. Yeah. Ugh. I do have to say, going back to the bug thing really quick, something really bad did happen to me on this trip. And it was like the third day in, and we hadn't experienced any major problems. Like we were in Tamarindo still. Mosquitoes were bad, but I switched over to like a DEET mosquito repellent. Yeah, sometimes you have to. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. I still put on the Terra Shield, but if it was like the afternoon, evening, I put on the right the full-on stuff. Um, so we went zip lining and after getting done zip lining, I had like this burning feeling on my stomach. It was almost like, it was almost like a rat or not a rash. It was like a, like a burn rash or something mm-hmm. like similar to like, if you're holding onto a rope and it gets ripped out of your hands really fast. Oh, gotcha. Or almost like a little bug that got underneath the strap and just bit the heck out of you. Maybe. I don't know. Well, so I so I had that burning feeling, and yeah. I, like, lifted my shirt up, and I was like, Kyle, you know, what is this? And he was like, oh, well, I mean, it just looks like maybe the harness rubbed, you know? Right, right. No big deal. So it bothered me the whole way back to the Airbnb, and, you know, it was just red. It, it, no big deal. Like, it wasn't – nothing crazy was happening. And um, I, the next day, woke up with – three or four bites there plus it was still red yeah and I was so confused I was like what what is this (laughs) and I took pictures over the course of the entire trip to Uh document every day because every day it got worse (laughs) and not only did she take pictures she did send all of the family members the text message of what is this what is you know what what is going on what do I have well, the older brother, Jeff's a paramedic. I, <laughs> I mean, know. I know. he should know. I know. Um, but anyway, so I that was kind of scary in a way because I, at first I was thinking, okay, it's just a bunch of mosquito bites. Then it was like, okay, these aren't these aren't welting like mosquito bites, bites kind of do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really, they were small. Yeah, they were tiny. They were like little pinpricks but they were all over the place and then they were bad it just developed worse and worse didn't you get other symptoms too um i think i might have just been tired and experiencing some like tiredness because after the third day so after i you know the day i first noticed it that following day we went to monteverde okay so we were away from mosquitoes we had changed beds because i was kind of thinking oh that's right that's that's one thing that we thought of yeah 
So it just got worse and worse. And finally, by the time we got to um, Tobacon in La Fortuna by the Arenal volcano, uh-huh. we went to the pharmacy and I pulled my shirt up and she was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> let me get this for you. You should explain, though, pharmacies are so different in different countries um, because they're not like our CVS. Mm-mm. They sell, you know, they sell an Everything. aspirin or whatever, but they also sell prescription drugs, too. It was a prescription cream she gave me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sell everything, and you just you just have to go and talk to them, tell them what's going on, and they pretty much just give it to you. I know. It, it was crazy. Now, obviously, we paid for it, so it's not like, here you go, free. Right. But... I, it is weird. And it's like that everywhere. Um, I was really sick in Spain once and we went to the pharmacy and it was the same sort of situation. Mm-hmm. They were just behind a counter. So it was a little bit more right. legit, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, what was this one like? I mean, she was, it was just more like she had like a checkout station kind of. Oh, okay. Like it was kind of still behind a counter, but the one in Barcelona was behind a counter and behind a glass window. So really the the point of the, the story is don't be afraid to go into these places when you're traveling and ask. Ask the locals. Oh, absolutely. And if you don't speak the language, then, you know, whip out the phone because it's not the 80s anymore. <laughs> I know. I know. Here, hold on a minute. Let me get my translation book. They used to have books, you know, oh, English to Spanish, Spanish to English. But um, Google Translate. I know. Well, things have changed. Mm-hmm. They've changed a lot. Yes, they have. Beneficial, though, because nowadays with phone, with the phone plan that we have, I can add international traveling for like 10 bucks a day. Right. So it's so worth it just to be able to like, Pull up my phone, call whoever I need to because we have unlimited calls, right. text whoever I need to, look up directions, use Google Translate. Right. You know, it's just so nice. I don't even really, this sounds so bad. I mean, I was born in 93, so it's not like I'm super, super young. But I don't even really know how you guys got around without maps, especially traveling, like outside of the country. I don't know how we did either. I think we lost. We asked for a lot of directions. I know the trains are set up really well, so you you have an idea. I mean, you get an itinerary. We must have, it's been so long, I don't even remember. But, you know, like looking in the guidebooks, the travel books, we must have figured it out. But it was, you and I were having a conversation the other day, and it was really interesting because I would think of the things that if my purse was to get stolen or what would I keep on myself that I couldn't lose? And I was like, my driver's license, my passport, and some money. And you had a totally different answer. Yeah, if I had to be holding something or, like, keep something mm-hmm. on me, it'd be my passport and my phone. Yeah, but, and I was like, your phone? Why would you want your phone? Well, because my phone has anything I need to to be able to talk to anyone in the country. I can call home. And plus you take pictures. phone home. <laughs> Mommy, can you wire money? Uh, I think this is a scam. Goodbye. (laughs) Thanks. I know. But you were even telling me you took pictures of your passport with your phone. Oh, absolutely. You know, we typically, um, and I do want to talk in a separate episode about how to keep things safe. Mm -hmm. But typically we don't keep our passports on us when we're out and about. I, some people do. I don't feel safe doing so just because of all the scams. Right. Um, 
I was reading in Costa Rica that there were scams about people saying, we need to see your passport. Give us your passports. And you're never supposed to give anyone your passport. So we actually have like an RFID wallet that Kyle usually holds on to when we travel. I usually have some sort of like hidden pocket. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have a tank top that has zippers on it in it near the armpits. Mm-hmm. And you can slide your passport cards money in there. Um, usually it's layered so something else goes on top. Or we have a money belt that we use. So the passport usually stays at the, in the safe at the hotel, at the Airbnb, whatever. I usually only book Airbnbs that are like five stars and have great reviews. And as long as they feel safe, then I feel safe usually leaving that. Um, We always lock our luggage up before we leave. Mm -hmm. And then we take a copy of our passport and it goes in the wallet. That's a great idea. I would never have thought of that. Yeah, just in case. um, That way, like, hopefully no one gets a hold of it. But even if they do, what are they going to do with it? Yeah. Other than they do have, like, our But at least you still have your passport. Right. Yeah, we still have our passport. So we usually do that. Um, And then the phone, I figure just, it has everything you need in it. Yeah, especially if you take pictures of things, too. Yeah, and we have the pictures on there. Um, We'll usually take pictures of, like, our driving driver's IDs, too, just in case. But... Yeah, other than that, I mean, that that's really what I would hold on to if I had to run and take something. Or if you're thinking of leaving the room, what am I going to take with me that I, you know, don't want to ever have stolen, mm-hmm. that I have to keep with me? Yeah. I yeah. know, that's, that's, that's interesting stuff. Yeah. But Costa Rica, I didn't feel like I needed, you know, t- to be worried about any of that. Yeah. Like, I read yeah. a bu- about a bunch of scams, but didn't experience any of them. Right. So it felt super safe. I'd say there were some sketchy things that I thought were sketchy but are actually, like, governmental, like, policies. Mm -hmm. There's, like, a 29 per person exit fee. Yep. When you're leaving, which Uh I thought was weird. Yep. But it's a legit thing. It is. And then the government also requires um, that you pay a certain type of insurance if you're renting a car. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, for example, we went rented through Enterprise – Mm-hmm. And it, the estimate that it gave us for, we had it for nine days. Mm-hmm. The estimate was like $250 or maybe it was, maybe it was like 300, something like that. It was kind of high. And everything I read said, expect it to at least be double. Really? Because of the insurance you have to add. Oh gosh. And it was, it was, it must've been like 300 cause it was about $600. Well, it's a good thing they tell you that up front. They don't. Well, I mean, that you read about it because, yeah, we rented a car, but we rented it from some some kind of sketchy place. I don't remember what it was, but we got there, and um, I'll never forget this. We, We thought we had plenty of time, but we arrived in San Jose, and we had to pick up the rental car, and we found the place, and it was getting dark. And so we take off, and our directions from the place, we stayed at the the coolest place the first night. It was outside of San Jose called the Toucan Rescue Ranch. And they had little casitas on the property, and it was started by uh, an American. And actually, she, her mother, I think, lives in Carson. So Carson City, Nevada? uh, Yeah, Carson City, Nevada. But anyway, so she um, had given us directions, and... It started to rain. There's no, like, 
shoulders on the road. There's just like <laughs> nope, the road and then nothing kind yep. of. It's it's pretty crazy. So we're driving around. We kept going in circles, and it's raining, and and it was something like go through the town with the red tile roof and make a right, then go down the hill and turn left at the Jesus statue and then go up the hill two kilometers and we're, you know, there's a gate and stop at the gate. But it was a really neat place. They had casitas on property and we stayed in one of those and they had sloths and um, birds, owls. They had an otter. They had chickens, and it was, um, she was into rescue and recovery of the animals and then releasing them back into the wild. So it was a really neat place. That's amazing. Yeah, I looked them up on the website um, tonight just so I could see if they were still around, and they are, and they're doing extremely well. They have a staff now. They have a veterinarian that is kind of, I don't know if she's on their staff or if she's just on call, but... It was a great place to stay. It was really, really neat. And it kind of encapsulated a little bit about what we were kind of thinking Costa Rica was going to be like because you saw the beauty of the land and and then you saw some of the actual animals up close. And they had a, um, a pancake breakfast for us with the fresh plantains. And it was really, it was just really neat. It started off the trip in a whole Pura Vida kind of way. Yeah, that's amazing. It sounds like a really great place. And it's interesting that you say Pura Vida because that's actually, it's basically like their hello, goodbye, how are you, mm-hmm. you doing good? Yep. You know, I mean, just all around. To me, Pura Vida has always kind of meant, it's cool, man. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, go easy flow. going. Yeah. It's not complicated. Don't make it complicated. Uh-huh. You know, take it easy. Yep. And that very much seems to be their lifestyle there. Mm-hmm. I know. I have that on my wall. Pura Vida. I have that on my foot. I know. <laughs> Jeff has it in, on his arm. My older brother, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, I guess we all really like the idea of Pura Vida. But people, you, you, you can't really translate it. Because if you try to translate it, it means pure life. Right. But life is like essence, you know. it was. It's more like... Just what you were saying. Take it easy. It's not complicated. Don't pollute the essence of life. Just mm-hmm. have a, you know, a non-stressful sort of look outlook on things. Yeah. The uh, horseback riding instructor, and I mentioned him twice just because Monteverde was very much our place of being a local. Mm-hmm. Um, out of everywhere we went, it was the least touristy. And had the most genuine people, I feel like. Uh-huh. And aside from our waiter and Tamarindo, he was great. But um, he was just so nice. And he would constantly be like, Pura Vida! <laughs> yeah, it's like they use it as a greeting. Mm-hmm. Like a, they use it as um, when you leave. Sort of aloha. But so different. They It, it is intermixed in their conversations. Yeah. And I don't know. It's it's kind of something that you you if you try to research it, it's you don't you get can't. the same feeling. You have to even talking about it. I feel like you just have to experience mm-hmm. it. It's not something that you can really say. I know what this means. Here it is. It's it's just it's an experience almost. It's. I wonder if they you know like how did that come come to be a national slogan almost? Do you, I I don't know how that happens. I mean, how is Aloha so? Yeah, yeah. The I don't know. 
but I, it's not structured there. It's not intended to be like, oh, what can we market Costa Rica? Yeah, with? we really only heard it in Monteverde and mm-hmm. a few times elsewhere, but it, like in Tobacón, it felt forced. Like, it, it was almost like they had to say Pura Vida when they were saying goodbye to you. Uh-huh. Versus Monteverde, where they were like, Pura Vida, uh-huh. how are you? you right, know? totally different. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, you have it on your foot. Maybe I should get it someplace on my body. You can get it on your foot, too. <laughs> your foot buddies. Well, I don't know. That looks pretty painful on the foot. Well, I know. It wasn't painful. But it was... it, at least it doesn't get saggy when you get old. That's why I got it on my foot. <laughs> I hear ya. I don't want it on my butt. (laughs) Well, Mom, do you have anything to plug? Rescue Place in Costa Rica. I would love to go back to Tucan Ranch. I'd love, love to go to the dog sanctuary. But right now it's closed. And I didn't realize that. That's the one that they have, like, the pasture of dogs. There's, like, 900 dogs. What is the name of that dog sanctuary? I don't know. Well, that's not helpful. <laughs> I know, I know. It was it was a kind of a Spanish word, and I, I couldn't get my tongue around it, so it, it didn't stick with me. Okay. But, um, no, I think I, I think if I could go back, I would, I would like to go there. I think they're saying 2020 they might reopen. They had okay. to close for government stuff. All right, all right, all right. But, uh, so now support your local animal shelters. There you go. Mm-hmm. Vatican Humane Society. Uh-huh. Or CRCS. CRCS. The Canine Rehabilitation Center and Sanctuary in Washoe Valley is incredible. It gives second chances to dogs that are on death row that no one wants, that no one can get through to. Mm -hmm. Dogs that are aggressive, that are shy, that don't have a home. Right. They take those babies in and they give them one. Or senior dogs. There's a senior dog program that has been um, going around where you can foster a senior dog. Oh. I know. Fospice. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that, that's what it is. It's called Fospice. I was just reading about that. Yep. Yeah. Damn, we are a family of dog lovers. Well, Mom, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was my pleasure. It was fun. Yeah. I was gonna, thought I was going to be really nervous. Nope, not nerve-wracking at all. No, you're a pretty easy host. Well, it's because <laughs> of my great listeners. Oh, listeners, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope everyone has a great night, morning, day, afternoon, weekend, weekday or otherwise. (laughs) Pura Vida! Pura Vida! If you guys just started listening to Wander Where Lost, but you love it and can't get enough of all the traveling stories, please share. Word of mouth is so important and it helps so much. You can find us and listen on themountainyogi.com. That's M-T-N abbreviated for mountain. You can listen on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Tell your friends.